is a Bulldog Radio podcast. The Ferris State Bulldogs have upset the nation's number two ranked team. Wide open. Taylor is going to take this one to the house. Touchdown Bulldogs. October 11th. It's the MBSP. Welcome back, everybody. Brandon Worth, Joe Nagy, as always. And it's a great day. Boys for a are great back, pod. baby. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. It was just a weekend, but we're back. We're back. Big weekend and even bigger weekend on deck, Joe. Dude, cannot wait for this weekend. We'll talk Ooh. about it more Thursday. It's going to be a heavy one Thursday. But Anchor Bone is coming to town this week. Going to be huge. First time since 2019. That's going to be awesome. I think Grand Valley's bringing a lot of people. We're going to have a lot of people. It's going to be crazy. Going to be bumping. Anchor Bone is always the best time of the year. It's GV Hate Week as well. So as much as we love to do that, uh, GV Hate Week is on, and I cannot wait. Yeah, I will have to say that I was doing my run yesterday, um, and I was running down State Street, and I mm. happened to pass a just a oh, stand P- by, yeah, just PSK a bystander. P- are you talking about the PSK house? Huh? No, 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 no. Oh, I was, no, 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 no. On the other what side. Happened? What happened? Just happened to be a guy wearing a Grand Valley shirt walking by the sideway or the sidewalk. Yeah, I know. I saw and a guy. And I was like, mm, dude, I saw a guy at the gas station. You're doing that on purpose. I saw a guy at the gas station wearing a GV shirt. And I like was like, oh, like already up for the weekend, huh? Black shirt. No, it was white letters with like a blue line underneath. Oh, no. I, this guy had a blue shirt on. Oh, okay. Maybe but we he, saw it, different people. Yeah, I think it was a different guy, which is interesting. But he, I was like, a little, little early for the weekend, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm staying up with a buddy. And I was like, oh, well, hopefully uh, hopefully you guys lose Saturday. And then, uh, yeah, that was just the only thing of the interaction because I had to go. Yeah. Uh, well, let's, I bought my stuff and then I left. Let's just say that instead of going on the sidewalk, I went on the road around and then got back on the sidewalk respect because respect. you know what week it is and we'll preview gv hate week baby and that's what i like to see oh yeah we'll preview that in full on thursday as well um but we got a lot to cover t- this week we had a lot on deck including football we'll talk about how they squeaked out a win at saginaw valley as well as hockey taking a split over two ranked teams um as well as some great results from cross-country soccer and volleyball and golf as well as we will get to one of Joe's preferred topics from last week. If you guys yes, tuned sir. into the episode last Tuesday, we talked about billiards, and it ended up leading Somehow into went into dude perfect. Yeah, so we're gonna get back into that discussion because there's an interesting twist that we found in this. So you have to make sure to stay tuned. That, but first, we have a special treat, Joe. The hometown hero is joining us in studio from Ferris State Hockey, Brad Merrick. We'll be sitting in the chair across from us. Can't wait for that interview. Absolutely. So without further ado, we'll swing into the interview. Now joined in studio, Ferris State Hockey's Brad Merrick is with us. Brad, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. So, Brad, for your first question, we can split against two ranked opponents last week. Brought out a lot of positives, but some stuff to work on for the team. You know, what are some high points that you saw you know, on the individual level as well as the team? Yeah, definitely uh, some positive points from the team. Uh, you look at two good opponents, you'd be able to compare yourself. Um, coming after Friday night's win, that's huge for us. And uh, we look to build into Saturday, and we showed what we can do against them in the first period. And we got to learn on the, the negative side of things on how to close out those games and play a more simple style, but uh, continue scoring goals. It's not just backing up and playing defense, but for sure, um, we, we got to learn a bunch from our team and our group. and. We're learning more every day. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. With your unit, uh, being able to score has been a, a strong point for you, and especially that front line last year going into this year too, and even earned you uh, CCHA Rookie of the Year honors. Just talk about that feeling as well as uh, being able to contribute to this team right out of the gate as a freshman. Yeah, that was a great honor um, from the league. Uh, a lot of good players in this league, a lot of good freshmen last year as well who also put up some good numbers. Um, but I think it was the little things that helped me get that, uh, whether it's blocking shots, winning face-offs, uh, just doing things to help the team win. Um, but, no, that was a great honor, like I said, and uh, looking forward to, to improving this year and not just uh, being happy with where I am now. For sure. And being the hometown kid, you know, growing up in Big Rapids and stuff, you know, do you have any memories of Ferris State as a kid, going to games and stuff like that, getting suited up and all that? Yeah, all the time. Um, it was a dream of mine, whether it was out on the tennis court playing, uh, pretending like I was playing for Ferris or on the ice <laughs> as a kid on the pond. Um, no, it was always going to the games every weekend. 
Um, I can remember the feelings, uh, going with my family, going to the games, getting excited. It's five o'clock, six o'clock. All I can think about is going to the games, and, and so it's it's unreal being here, and it's a it's it's been a blessing for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Full circle moment, really. Right, yeah. Yeah, sure. especially from coming from Big Rapids. Uh, I mean, me and Joe being also C- uh, CCSAA foes at one point. Never in hockey, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, just talk about the experience playing high school hockey as well because, I mean, Big Rapids has had a pretty good program over the last couple of years, and uh, there really isn't as many programs uh, here and around for a lot of other teams. So going to play a lot of these other teams from far away is like Flynn and Muskegon and all these other teams and uh, even playing club as well where you had to travel well, quite a ways. Yeah, for me, it was uh, the the travel. Uh, that was all year for me uh, with my team in Grand Rapids, uh, Fox Motors. Um, so I was there from when I was 12 on up till my junior year high school before I moved away. Um, no, it was, it was crazy times, a lot of sacrifices from the family, and a lot of great things came out of it, and I uh, wouldn't be there without them for sure, so that's that's huge. Yeah, what was that like then, like kind of being so young just in high school to kind of move away, you know, have a host family and stuff like yeah. that? What was that all like? Yeah, my senior year was definitely interesting. Uh, I had a great family. My roommate was uh, a 97 birth year at the time. I was, I'm a 2000, so he was three years older than me. Yeah, a little bit yeah. of a different yeah, 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 yeah. I just turned 18. He was turning 21. So it was, it was definitely interesting, but I learned a lot of, a lot of good stuff. Uh, you know, you learn how to cook for yourself a little bit more, yeah. a little bit faster than you think, but, uh, being able to adapt school and hockey, you learn it. So it's good for college too. Absolutely. Yeah. And going from high school and travel now, uh, to the, to the big stage at collegiate, uh, what's been the biggest difference as far as overall gameplay when it comes to college hockey compared to those two? And, uh, even just the surroundingness of school and living, mm-hmm. uh, in a new place in a new town. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest jump was definitely from like minor hockey to junior hockey. Uh, you're playing that huge age group, which you've never played before. Uh, and then, and then it's another jump to college, right? Like you're saying, um, it's, uh, bigger, older, faster, stronger guys, but it's you just learn to adapt to it quickly and uh, and learn from your teammates at the end of the day. Yeah. Do you see like a more of a variation? Um, I mean, when you mentioned minor, like uh, with that age group, do you see like different styles in gameplay? Like um, a lot more open playbooks from a lot of these coaches, or uh, or is it more in collegiate? Like everybody kind of has a similar game plan. Obviously, you make tweaks and stuff, but is there like a huge variation in college for sure? Um, you see a lot more different styles, a uh, little bit less of like taking chances and doing this because you have two games a week. You play juniors, you play 62 games here, you play 34, so games are even more important every single night. And you tend to take the whole week of practice just focusing on one team. I know there's the weird split games like we played this past weekend, but you focus on the one team and you really dissect and go into what they're thinking and talking about and try to com- combat it yeah very interesting yeah especially last year coming off the ccha rookie of the year award like we talked about you're not technically a veteran being a sophomore uh but what's that kind of been like helping the younger guys on the team you know these incoming freshmen getting acclimated to you know collegiate level hockey as well as you know college level schoolwork is a little bit different than kind of high school and stuff like that yeah definitely the school is way different um coming in like most of the guys um taking a couple of years off of school. So it's getting back into the swing of things, making sure that guys are going to school, going to doing their homework, spending the extra time. Cause it's just as important as being on the ice. You can't mm-hmm. play if you're not doing your school, you know, yeah, for sure. Um, but no, our freshmen have done great. I think our freshmen are really surprising us and surprising the coaching staff, which is great. Uh, you want them to succeed just like the older guys wanted me to succeed last year and, and my group. So, um, no, it's been really good, though, being able to share my, my two cents with the team and uh, with the younger guys. For sure. Yeah, and, I mean, you mentioned the uh, the team all around. I mean, you guys have had a really tight-knit group for a while, obviously. Uh, have guys come and go each and every year. But uh, just talk about uh, having the chance to, to live with a lot of your teammates, uh, being close to each other, doing things on and off the ice together, and just enjoying the college experience. Yeah, it's definitely awesome being able to be next-door neighbors with more than half your teammates. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's fun being able to go hang out or you know you got a class with somebody you go do homework with them or uh, just being close like you you go you get these relationships that you might not get if you're in apartment to apartment uh, you see more how they live which is interesting at times but it's oh, yeah, fun absolutely. it's a good time though. sure there's though. a lot of different variations of that for yeah sure. yeah 
And uh, Kanisha's coming to town over the end of the week. We talked a little bit before we hopped on kind of what you guys are expecting. They're a good team. A lot of, uh, you know, turnover with what they've had, especially the transfer portal that they've hit pretty hard. You know, what's the practice been looking like so far this week to get ready for the Golden Griffins? Yeah, I know uh, Coach Trevor Large is there. He's a former alum of Fair State, played here under Coach Daniels. Um, and when we played them last year, it was just nothing but compete out of them. Uh, they're a good, hardworking team. And um, as we start to get later into the week, do a little bit more video and um, really, like I said, dissect their team. And um, we saw that they played Penn State last weekend, uh, two close games. So that's a good team there too. And we got to you know, respect them. And we know that they're a good team, but it's hard to play in our rink. And we know that. Uh, we take that to advantage, definitely, for sure. So we're excited. Yeah, when it comes to pregame preparations, uh, we've had a lot of guys on the show, including the McCallion brothers, um, that we could say are very superstitious. Are yeah. you in, Are you in that department? You like to do certain things before the game? Or it's, hey, we're playing a game at 7 o'clock, I'll be there, and you're going to see my best no matter what I do beforehand. Oh, I'm doing the same thing every time. <laughs> yes, it's, uh, it's a nap. It's It's got to be the same time. It's got to be... Uh, stretching out at the same time, getting to the rink at the same time, uh, putting on your gear the same way. Uh, me and the the mix, the brothers, had a lot of the same kind of stuff. So oh, it's okay. funny. Sure. It's funny. Bring right it up. Why do you think that is, especially for hockey players? Because yeah. like, especially for like, we've talked with like football players, like soccer players, they have like little routines. But if they don't do it, it's not the worst thing. But you know, why do you think hockey players are down to a T? Because we're weird. <laughs> <laughs> we're weird, but. No, it's good though. I mean, I think it's good to stay on task, like, and and you know what works for you, what works best. So I think for for some of the guys, hockey is such a demanding sport. Mm. And I'm not saying that football and all all the other sports aren't. They obviously are. Um, but for us, we're we're just weird. Like I'm saying, I mean, it works well for you, so don't stop. You know, mm. and we came from juniors playing 60 games, so you learn what works best for you, what times work best for you. You know. I mean, a six o'clock game throws me off. I got to push everything back an hour, but yeah. but you figure it out, right? Yeah, habits are habits. I mean, that's right. Yeah, and I, I mean, especially for um for hockey, uh, Joe really gave me a good idea for the for this question of uh, equipment. Definitely comes and goes really fast. I mean, you guys break sticks mm -hmm. every game. You're sharpening skates every couple weeks or even more. Uh, just talk about the 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 equipment aspect of it, because I mean, you got to have so much stuff with you. Uh, all the time as well as getting new pads and all those sort of things where like other sports especially like mine for running it's like yeah a couple of pairs of shoes mm -hmm. every month mm -hmm. but you guys get stuff every week every month just because that's what you need yeah it's it's definitely have a lot of respect and are super grateful for our equipment managers um we have two uh ben muma and donnie and they do great job with us and whatever we need it's there uh, within either seconds or hours it's there um, whether they're doing our laundry or um, like you're saying sticks are a big thing so we have a, a deal with Bauer so I mean it's it's awesome we get treated really well and it's really great it's cool has there much has, has there been like a lot of difference that you've seen from juniors kind of with equipment is it much the same or is it you know a lot less like hey I need a new stick it's like oh it'll be here in either five to six business days that they might yeah. have right there um, with sticks, it's kind of the same, but we order more here. So mm -hmm. we're more, you know, ready in juniors. It was six to 12 at a time here. It's 12 to 24 at a time. Shoot. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's impressive. That's yeah, crazy. It's, but in those will last 24 will last you all year. But I mean, they break on the most random things. You're taking face offs. They're going to get beat up They're Every game they're just getting beat mm -hmm. up, you know. So it's that's the big thing. But pants, I think we have two pair of pants, one for game, one for practice. Uh helmet we keep all year. Gloves, you know, you might have two pair of gloves. Um, nothing too much crazier than the sticks are yeah. quite frequent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, probably the most common. Uh, yeah. Particular tape job, or do you like one over yeah, end, one line? Toe, toe We've heard some you. weird ones. I, I go toe to heel. Um it's not more of an American thing, but I've just kind of picked it up. Uh, it's definitely a European thing, but I just like it. I mean, I don't see much different. I, yeah. I don't know. I just, it's oh, like yeah, one of those yeah, things. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's the habit a, thing. Yeah. 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 Hey, it's if you went over routine. half your face offs, I mean, yeah. you can take yeah. your stick however you want. <laughs> yeah. That's fine yeah, with right, us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do whatever you want, I guess. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Uh, do you kind of like do the sock as well on it too? Or kind a of little bit. Of? I just go a little bit past the heel. So 
It's like an ankle sock, you know. <laughs> it's like an ankle sock. Yeah. Well, we ask everybody on this question for you. The last one. Uh, everybody that comes on the show has to answer it. You know, what's your favorite thing about being a Fair State Bulldog? Oh, that's, I think for me, it's easy. Just the camaraderie of everybody around here. Um, it's the people in the community. It's the people that do the little things like the teachers or even the janitors. Mm-hmm. Everybody you could talk to so personable. Uh, it's a smaller university, but everybody knows what it's like to be a bulldog and the bulldog mentality. Uh, we're here to support everybody, and everybody's awesome. For sure. That's great. That's thank, awesome. you, thank you so much, Brad. We appreciate you having on the show, and uh, good luck this weekend. Yes, thanks so much. Once again, huge thanks to Brad for coming on the show. Big weekend for them as well coming up. But Kanisha's coming to town, so we can't wait to talk about that uh, this coming up Thursday. But once again, huge thanks to Brad. No, he's got a busy schedule. But we'll hop right into the Fair State Sports Report. Brand to open up the show. Talk about hockey. Big weekend split between Michigan Tech and Western Michigan. 2-1 to one, uh, win over Michigan Tech and a 6-4 loss against Western Michigan. We looked better, not going to lie. We looked a lot better than last year. I we did. I will say that, but a little bit of some of those common mistakes that we had last year kind of you know, made their way from the shadows a little bit, but Michigan Tech defense played pretty solid. We bailed out Logan a couple times. I think we really stepped it up with blocking shots and kind of knocking down the passing lanes, which was really good, but Michigan Tech, we looked pretty solid. I think we missed a couple of opportunities on, on uh, offense, and I think a lot of times we were kind of staying on our heels and not being too aggressive, but... A win's a win, two to one over. Uh, I think they were ranked like 18th or 19th. It's a big win over a ranked opponent. Big win for sure, and beating a ranked team, a very reputable, well, even beyond reputable, a very vintage powerhouse program in Michigan Tech, one of the best year and after year. And I think really we did a lot of great things in this game. I was watching it from my hotel room, um, and I got most of the third period. And, and I'm not gonna lie, Joe, it, when it was two one. I was shaking my boots a little bit, but that defense locked up big time mm-hmm. in those last five minutes. Tech was throwing numbers at them, um, throwing a lot of different looks, and our, our defense stayed disciplined. And that was absolutely huge. And, I I mean, being able to have the just the, the surgence right now uh, of Connor McGrath has been huge in his freshman year. He's been netting goals left and right. I believe he got Rookie of the, or rookie of the Week, if mm-hmm. I'm C-C-C-C not mistaken. Rookie of the week. So congrats to him for that. But, yeah. Uh, the biggest thing is, man, Logan Stein, brick wall in front of the net right now. Mm-hmm. He's not letting anything by. 9-3-2 save percentage in those two games. He was big in that Tech game. I believe he had, I want to say, uh, like 35 saves in that game. Or even he maybe went, it was more. Yeah, he went uh, 28 saves. Oh, it was 28 saves. It 28 felt saves like, on 29 shots. It felt like 35. It was, it was up there as far as shots on net for... Um, for Michigan Tech, but I mean, we saw really a lot of good things. Uh, Western was a little bit different. Uh, we saw a little bit. It was tough looks. Yeah, so the surgence was huge in that second period, being able to extend the lead. Uh, but then it almost just seemed like we got very stale, especially we not, we offensively. On, a lot of times, I feel like when we get into a spot where we're like up three zero, like this game, for instance, like we get to a point where we kind of don't really set up the offense as well like a lot more times instead of actually like instead of like dumping it and kind of chasing it with numbers we just kind of dump it and then all of our offense goes and does line change that happened like two or three times last night where it was it was even strength it was an even strength uh you know push but still if we were able to dump that in we will be able to get set up there's a lot of times where we were struggling to get set up as well which was not the best but that's kind of like what we saw last year we were a very heavy dump and chase team and we weren't able to get too much stuff set up i will say this we need to start shooting on the power play. I think we yes. only had, you know, maybe four or five shots. We had how many power plays do we have? We were two for ten. Ten power plays, and you go ten. two for ten. And I think in those ten power plays, we maybe had seven shots. No, you're absolutely right. There was so many times where we're we're looking for good looks. We're looking for the best look. I respect that. But when you're going thirty consecutive seconds looking for one perfect look. Now when it gets, if it's saved, because it's just a good play by the defender to get in front of the shot or the goaltender makes a great save, and and then it gets deflected and dumped down to the ice, now you have changes. Now you're going to have to go back, get the puck reset. That's going to take 20 seconds. Half your power play is almost gone. I know the math was a little bit off, but it it rounds up. You know what I mean? It's close enough. Close close enough. enough. It's just one of those scenarios where we're we're doing a great job of 
really attacking early on on some of those power plays. And then there's been times later in the game we really try to set up for the perfect look. Just need the middle. Mm-hmm. Just need the middle. We need those constant looks. Uh, I know that the coaching staff does a great job in preparation, and I know that they're doing the best that they can. Um, but, I mean, those are just the observations that we have. And I think it's just one of those situations where um, it really just looks like I, I don't want to say the word conservative when we're up 3-0. I mean, obviously it's hard to, to really have the idea of keeping the pedal when you're up 3-0 because obviously then if you get burnt, then you're going to look dumb, right? So um, I'm not sure exactly what it is that when we go, when we're up in these big these big games, the offense gets a little stale and it, it kind of gets not necessarily like full park the bus mode, but it kind of seems more conservative and that a lot of these teams just really pile on different looks later in the in the second and third periods, and they're able just to find the net. And unfortunately, they found them in bunches in mm-hmm. that back half of the second period, and we just couldn't catch up. And the really tough part too is when uh, Coach Daniels took out uh, Giesbrecht and tossed Logan in net. It's like you can't really blame Logan for leaving or to put or leave that many goals go by because you're sitting for an hour hour and a half almost, you know, you're just on the bench, you come in cold against a team that just scored four straight and then they're going to be hot. And as soon as he gets in, it's a tough one too, because it's a, it's a, uh, it's a shot that I think squeaked under his left arm that, you know, could have been it, either way could have been saved. If it was like a half an inch, it was just a perfectly placed shot. And it's probably one that he wants to get back. But especially when you come in against a team that's hot and a team that's really rolling on the offensive side, it's not the easiest. And especially when you're sitting for almost a period and a half, two periods, that's not what you like to see either. So, I don't know. It's just something where we really got to get ready for Canisius coming up, and we'll talk about that more Thursday. But I'm liking what we're seeing so far. I will say that. Yeah, I mean, the Michigan Tech win was absolutely huge. And obviously, uh, Western wasn't as good as we liked, but we saw a lot of good things, especially offensively. Uh, I mean, being able to set the tone right away uh, on that breakaway was absolutely huge to start the game. So I think that was a a big thing that we can see from this team moving forward. Um, Just setting the tone early offensively is great. We just got to finish that out. 60 minutes just keep the pedal down uh, and be able to come out with these victories because we have proven over the last two years we can beat these good teams we just got to do it for the whole duration of the game that's really been the only issue as far as this team has been concerned because we have a lot of great talent and a lot of great coaches just got to put it together for the full duration and we would have nothing but good things to say about this team Mm -hmm. so uh, but yes Canisius coming to town um, for a Friday Saturday home skid there's home slate, uh, so that will be uh, on deck for Friday and Saturday. And also heard rumors you can buy a package ticket, $30 um, for non-students. You can buy a hockey ticket and a anchor bone ticket right now, which that's a pretty good deal if I do say so myself. So you can watch uh, the 1 o'clock football game and the 7 o'clock hockey game on Saturday. But if you're listening to this, you better hurry up because it might be gone here soon. So lots of tickets being bought already. Uh, for both of these games. So we'll cover all the previews on that on Thursday. Uh, anyway, over to the gridiron we go. Tough scare. Very tough scare. Dude, I was, I was nervous. I was too. Very, very nervous. It was a close game against Saginaw Valley. What was it, 33-28? to 28, A big, uh, big sack in the end zone by Ian Hall basically to close the game out, uh, which really, that, that really took a lot of weight off everybody's shoulders. But I was telling... I was scared, man. I was doing tweeting. I was watching the I was watching the video, and I was just by myself in my house, and I was just like, "What are we doing here?" Like I was just, we played so bad. I think it was especially, you know, we came out really, really hot in the first quarter. I thought it was just going to be a, a runaway game. It was twenty to seven with what was it, three, four minutes left, and we had the ball on the one yard line. And I was like, "Okay, well, we're going to go up twenty seven to seven. It's going to be kind of tough for them to come out of the half even down that much." And, you know, go in, fumble on the one-yard line. They go back, score that one. We go in, throw an interception the following drive. They score off that one. It was just a really tough look because what, what did the half end up as, 20 to 20 to 27? Sorry, 20 to 25 or something like that? It would have been 21 to 20 at halftime after yeah. that touchdown run with 21 seconds left. Yeah, that was just not great. And they came out swinging, especially in the second, in the second half, right out of the third quarter. They score there, and – Brito's pretty good. Andrew Brito, Saginaw Valley's quarterback. He's a little bit small, but he is pretty dang good quarterback. Yeah, he's got a live arm for being uh, how small he is. I mean, he was really slinging it for a little bit there. Uh, but, yeah, I think really, I mean, first quarter, I would say, went very well. I mean, Almost obviously, as good as – I think that was our best first quarter that we've ever had. 
Other than the Waldorf game. Probably pretty close. I mean, obviously that that Nick Johnson pass uh, about halfway through when they scored that that, that long touchdown would have been uh, like, yeah, that one sucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, I mean, they really locked in in the, the rest of that first quarter. I mean, Marcus Taylor breaking that big one on that deep pass from Evan mm-hmm. and then obviously CJ getting in the end zone before the quarter ran out. It, it just really stalled from there. I, I mean, we mentioned the fumble on the goal line um, from Golker as well as the interception from Evan. I mean, those plays just really deplete the momentum. And, I mean, giving Saginaw Valley, especially on after the interception, after they went down uh, and had a good drive, and then we give them back the field position to be able to score later, that was just a really, just a really tough situation to go in because with that game being the way it was being played, it was all momentum-driven, right? The team that had the ball and was getting the turnovers was going to score 20 straight points. It was just, were you going to be that team or were you the team that gave up the ball and were giving up 20 points? Because that's really how it went. It was so streak-happy in this game. I'm pretty sure uh, the only time that it went back and forth was the first scores of the game. Other than that, we scored 14 straight. They scored 20 straight, and then we pretty much scored 10 straight, um, or I should say 13 13. straight, Mm -hmm. uh, to end up winning the game. So that was just a tough game to watch. I mean, it was really good that we came out on the W, obviously, sloppy W for clean L any day of the week. But this was our wake-up call. We heard it. I think there was much needed, too. Yeah, we heard TA in the the post-game. He doesn't want to use the S word, so it was a crap show. No, it was a crap crap show. show. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, I mean, uh, I talked with a couple of the players uh, from that game, and they they weren't happy. None Mm -hmm. of the players were happy with the outcome on Saturday, which is great. I mean, we obviously would love to see them play their best, but when on those days where you don't play your best, things aren't going very well. Um, They they really bounce back really well, end up getting those nice drives at the end of the game to win. Um, that's what big teams do is they come up big in those big quarters. So it was uh-huh. good to see that. But I mean, really, honestly, we can't talk about this game without seeing the, especially when you look over the stats and the team comparison penalties made this game very, very hard both ways. This was a very, very hard game to watch. Mm-hmm. 27 penalties, 313 total yards of penalties. Combined, we had seventeen and two hundred and three. They had ten for one ten. Yeah, and uh, both, okay. I will say this though: refs were kind of refs were kind of buns. They were no, pretty, they were bad all the way were, around. They were I'm not even terrible. saying like they were favoring one side or the other. They, they were, were straight terrible. up pretty bad. They were calling. I've never seen the call that got called twice near the. I think it was third quarter on Caleb, like illegal or like hand motion or whatever it was. Yeah, they got called with. I was never surprised heard that one in my life. They called delay of game on the defense twice in a row. Mm-hmm. That's a call you see maybe once every five games, watching any football. Maybe, maybe, and they, they called were... it two consecutive times. So just the fact that they called it a second time means they were either setting the tone for that that possession of something was going on mm-hmm. there that was not on the field. Yeah. It was personal. A, they missed a blatant pass interference call that ended up in a touchdown. Cause I think it was what was it? Uh, it was, I think that 43 yard pass. Yeah. It was a 43 yard pass to the end zone, but I'm trying to remember who, or wait, who no, it was over. Was it over Vincent? I can't remember, but he got pushed in the back. He literally just got pushed over. Yeah. And the, in the replay, you see him standing ready. And the Sacramento Valley receiver pushes him over and catches the ball. Yeah. And you don't, and it's right in front of the ref, and you don't see it. And then, who was it? Sydney gets called for pass interference because he, he he doesn't even have his hands on them. He just sticks it up, and he's not even, he didn't look at the ball, but he didn't really do anything. It was an uncatchable ball, too, and they throw pass interference. Yeah. It was a tough game to watch all the way around. But, I mean, this is sometimes just how it goes. W. On to GV. Thank goodness. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it does not matter. It does not matter so, at all. Evan Cummins, 8 of 15, 199 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, he also led in rushing with 79 yards on the ground, 14 carries. He had a 46-yard run uh, to break up, I believe, in the first – or I believe it was in the second half, actually, just key one of those drives. It was uh-huh. huge in the game. Was like third and long, too, on that one. Yep. Uh, Carson Golker, 16 carries, 43 yards and a touchdown. C.J. Jefferson was definitely – uh, a factor on the ground and in the air as well. He had a great game. 
I believe he had a touchdown reception as well as 56 yards rushing. Uh, he was definitely – it's good to see his breakout game because we haven't talked about him a lot. It's been Marcus. It's been uh, Brandon Childress. It was Xavier Wade early in the year um, as well as Tyrese. But good, get, getting him to see his name in there is great because he's a very talented player as well. Samir Knighton had that touchdown run as well. Marcus Taylor, the 79-yard touchdown pass. Uh, Childress, 92 yards receiving on three, uh, three catches. And, uh, I mean, really – it was Murph's doing his thing right now. It's just insane. Three mm-hmm. more sacks, six tackles total, Le- five Leland for Nation, loss. Gleak player of the week. It's just out of the represent. Murph's just out of the resume. At this yeah, point. if you saw our Instagram story, Murph is a monster. Exactly. Uh, that's really all you could say. Dude's a dog. Yeah. Sintel Williams did lead in tackles. He had ten uh, in this game um, overall for the dogs. Connor Near had nine as well um, as uh, Darius Irving Bay with seven. Um, to lead there. So uh, definitely a lot of good Six results. Tough. So, I mean, what else do you say? You really don't. Just except, keep her moving. And Ian Hall, of course, with yep. the sack to lead to the safety as well. That's yeah, definitely huge worth for the program there. But we'll probably hop into some Gleak scores. From yeah, around, yes, uh, sir. From our league. Grand Valley went to, I think it was Massachusetts, take on American International University. 45-3 to win. Easy Boo. money for them. Hate to see it for us, but I think it's going to be a good one because they're going to be coming off. They're going to be practicing indoors all week, and guess what? It's going to probably rain Saturday. So Cut it's going to be a review of the meeting in the playoffs probably because for some reason you think it's a good idea to practice indoors when the game time is going to be 15 degrees and snowy. But either way, it doesn't matter because That's up we to them. Them. Yep. Use your money as much as you want, even though you're going to lose. Uh, Michigan Tech beat Wayne State 35-34. to 34 That was in a close home, game. Or in how, whatever. How do you – I still can't even know how to pronounce that town name. 35-34. In Houghton? Skin, yeah. Houghton. Is it? I forget what it is. Houghton. Houghton. Go yeah. for it. Anyways, Michigan Get Tech's quarterback there. got the Gleak Offensive Player of the Week. Yeah. Uh, I think he had, like, what, four touchdowns, something crazy like that. Yeah. A lot yeah. of yards scored. Davenport remains unbeaten over with a win over Northern Michigan, 27-24 in OT. Wow. Got by the skin of their teeth on that one as well. And obviously, our dogs got business done sloppily on 33-28 victory. And that's VSU. Yeah. Got a dub. Let's move on. Next, <laughs> next sport to talk about. Yes. Anyway, soccer was in action. Road trip uh, over the weekend, and uh, certainly a good one. Uh, I mean, we talked to Izzy Zamborini um, before the road trip. Shout out to her for coming on the show. You can find that show and episode in the feed below. Two wins. That's what we wanted to see, and we call the jail goal scoring machine. Um, back at it. We finally broke through um, another great four-goal performance on Friday. Wisconsin Parkside uh, got to play a lot of the reserves and got the win there, one nothing as well. Um, so definitely a lot of great things overall. Uh, I mean, you certainly look at this game or these games and just say, yep, this is what we expected. This is what we wanted to see. Uh, high-powered offense, control the tempo, play our game, put them in the net, move on and that's really all you can do on a road trip and that's all you can control so um, they did a great job when getting those wins um, in Hammond and uh, Kenosha so uh, I mean now we're moving on to Davenport and Grand Valley so that's going to be interesting test um, coming up I mean those are two teams we uh, really I think Davenport actually got us earlier in the season I mean we tied GV um, in the game at home earlier this year so those are going to be two tough contests Uh, the goal scorers in the Purdue game uh, of course, Izzy Zambrini, two more goals. Gleak, Offensive Player of the Week. Congrats to her. Peyton Ain't Price no found the net as well, um, as well as Nicole Oker as well uh, in the second half. Those are the four goal scorers um, in that Purdue Northwest game and the lone score in the Parkside game. Um, that one nothing win uh, was Nikki May, who we had talked about moving up to the offensive position in that side of the field. So congrats to her for scoring an unassisted goal. And the funny part was it was literally three minutes into the game that they scored, and we just had to control the tempo the rest of the way. That's all you had to do. Mm -hmm. So good to get business done. Love to see it, really. I mean, what else could you say, Joe? You really can't say much. Got it done. Got it done. Business business, business, business as usual, really. Business as usual. So uh, I'm definitely loving the fact that uh, Purdue, we had a lot of quality looks. Not as many shots as we normally have seen um, from these teams because, I mean, back in the, the homestand, we were seeing Purdue Northwest. We had 36 shots back yeah. at home on the 23rd. This time we saw 10. Difference, one nothing September 23rd. This time, 4 nothing. Quality, 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 quality. That's what we wanted to see, and that's what we saw. And that just makes this offense look that much more explosive. Part or Parkside as well, um, same deal. Saw a lot, a lot of good quality looks, just like they did um, on September 25th. 
and I mean really just controlled the tempo all the way through. Dario was great in net as well as Lauren Kabaki. Um, so I mean you just see a lot of great things from this team, and it's move on to the next one, right? Uh huh. That's all you can do. So I believe that's now six. They won six of their last seven, and the seventh was a tie against Saginaw Valley one to one. So they're t- currently unbeaten through seven. Knock on wood. So. Uh, a great momentum booster going into these weekends games for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially with it being the last little home stand or away stand before a quick little pit stop at home against Michigan Tech and Northern Michigan next week. Next week, that's for sure. Uh, volleyball, we go to now in action, and you can already throw. Yeah, Joe, down, throw the anchors down already. Friday, sweep against Purdue Northwest. Then our friends in Allendale on Saturday beat them 2 3 1. Ain't no thing, really. Ain't nothing but a thing, as we say here on the show. And it certainly was a great game. Uh, I mean, we saw a lot of great things. I mean, offensively at Purdue Northwest, it was lights out all night long. Uh, I mean, we we just set the tone from the get-go. I mean, 25-19, 25-18, 25-17. Hit percentage was off the charts. I believe we finished with a total north of 320, which is ridiculous. 327 to be exact. For all the math majors out there. Um, definitely saw a lot of great things. I mean, we turned a lot of defense to offense. And, I mean, that was huge. We didn't have as many digs in this game, which I like noticed when I was looking at comparison charts with the other games they'd played this year uh, against some of these teams. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, so I'm assuming then we just there was just a lot uh, of points given both ways and uh, a lot of overall just once one set up rallies and a lot of long rallies like you see um, in some other of these tight games. So uh, definitely very interesting when I saw that. But I mean, overall, the offense was great. Uh, Grand Valley game uh, momentum swings left and right. Uh, but we got the, the good end of that deal. And so I was really just good to see this team take down the Lakers mm-hmm. in enemy especially territory, seeing, especially seeing like we did not play good the first set, but but to be able to rally back and just win three right in a row, I think that shows a lot about the team, especially in a spot where like Grand Valley is a team that we've swept most of the time these past couple of years, but they've always brought it within you know four or five points. You know it's been a battle each time, but I think especially seeing that we're going into biggest rivalry in their field house. And to be able to, you know, lose the first one but not really get too distracted by everything else and just put their heads down and get the three three wins in a row with the sets, I think it's a big, big, big opportunity for us to really look at that and then use that to, as a momentum booster, especially going into this Hammond crossover in the middle of the season. Yeah, that's going to be fun to see that. Um, for Purdue Northwest, uh, Chelsea Freeman and Cyan Fairfield led the dogs with 11 points overall. Uh, Olivia Henneman-Dulape went off in Allen Fieldhouse. She had 17 points in that GV game. She stepped up huge, uh, followed by Cyan Fairfield, Emma Bleacher, Claire Nowicki, all at 10 um, offensively. So a lot of great things as well. Kaylee Matt, uh, 45 assists in that Grand Valley game. Um, she got player of the week once again. I know it seems like she's on repeat in that category, and for good reason. Congrats to Kaylee um, for that honoree once again. She was great. Uh, all all weekend long, and I we just saw so much good volleyball. Just not much more to talk about really from this team. I mean, ever since uh, the slip up at Davenport, uh, we've really locked it down and have played even better. And I mean, now going into that Midwest region crossover, like Joe was mentioning, gonna play some pretty good teams there. I believe already slated uh, Cedarville, a very talented team out of Ohio. Rockhurst, the team we faced in the opening round of mm-hmm. regional action last year, who did give us some fits in that game. I remember yeah, we on the call that for that game. game, and it was like three one. I want to say, and they they definitely gave us some interesting looks. So that'll be fun to see. And then I think they have an undetermined. I think it might be tournament play. So we'll try to see uh, how the bracket on the shakes side, out. Yeah, yeah for. Uh, that's uh, for for that. I believe it's a Saturday. It'll be Saturday the yeah Saturday the finale. Um, so they'll take on those two new teams Friday. So good to see regional competition before the postseason because obviously like to get film and, and really like to see what those other teams are going to be throwing at them potentially later in the season. Yeah, for sure. I think this is a really good situation, especially you know this Hammond crossover is like one thing that I really like to see, especially being like in the middle of the season. It gives some different looks of who you're going to be playing because. Right before you start the second part of the GLIAC, you know, you're kind of 
getting in, not like a routine, but you're more kind of just getting into like a situation where like, okay, we've played them before. Let's just do it again. But this kind of gives some fresh faces to see, especially some teams that you might see in the playoffs and in the later part of the seasons if you make it to, you know, the NCAA uh, tournament and stuff like that. But there are three or two good teams we know. Whoever is going to be the last team that we play, who knows what that's going to be. But Rock, Rockhurst and Cedarville, we know are two good teams. And I think that's going to really set us up well for the second half of GLIAC play coming up after that. Absolutely going to be fun. You can check out all of their information as well as all the other teams online at FerrisStateBulldogs.com. Anyway, cross country, uh, big weekend at the Lewis crossover, um, and I'll speak for the men. It was incredible, and here's why. We have had so many years going to this meet and have just absolutely crapped the bed some of the years. We We ran horrible. Didn't have great performances. I couldn't pick up any points regionally. This year was different. This team was phenomenal across the board. And I know guys like myself, uh, a lot of the other upperclassmen weren't feeling as great going into this race overall, just from obviously the fatigue of the season and whatever. But taking the recovery process, getting a lot of good work in um, from Louisville. And I mean, just put it on display. I I know, like, for me especially, I was able to PR by seven seconds um, from Louisville, which is one of the fastest courses in the nation. And being able to run even faster than that on a course that I have personally had fits and struggles with uh, the two times I've ran in my career prior to this, absolutely huge. And, I mean, just so much great things across the board. I mean, Donis Harris breaking the 25 mark, chasing after that. But after that Bulldog record, he's coming for it. I can feel it. Uh, he was 49th in this race, 24:59. Great performance from him. Noah Griffith, 51st, right behind at 25:04. He was blazing. Uh, Nate Alford, he had a great race, 25:26. Myself at 25:38. Uh, Dan Hardesty and Brendan Kearney, both around the 100 spots at 25:48 and 25:49, respectively. Absolutely huge. I believe we finished 11th. Uh, out of the 23-team field, absolutely huge. Because I know some years we were about 18-17, and we, I think, had some faster teams there this year than we have in years past. So that's all you really need to know um, to put into perspective how good this was. The women also did very well. Uh, Whitney Farrell continues her hot streak uh, her freshman season, 35th overall, 22-43. Hannah Brock and Cindy Kubiak, 38th and 48th with 22.50 and 23.02, respectively. Danae Felchbosch had a great race overall, 23.09, as well as Melina Strauss at 70th, or excuse me, in the top 70 at 64th at 23.22. I believe the women's team finished, I want to say, ninth overall in team rankings. I'll double-check that uh, just to make sure. But they had a great race, too, and they're finding themselves top 10 in the region. That's definitely worth mentioning, so shout-out to them. They've made the list. Uh, I know the men, we're trying to get to that goal. We're, we're trying our best to get there, um, and it'll just take some time here. But, uh, yes, ninth overall did can confirm um, for the women's team results in, I believe Sick. it was a, I want to say, 20-team uh, overall race. Really cool. Good Sick, to see. man. I mean, this program's on the way up. I can't say that's it anymore. That, that's what you love to see, you know. It's yeah. constant improvement, especially seeing, you know, what this program, you know, used to be. Especially the people that we see in the GLIAC now. I mean, it's a really competitive co- conference, and to be able to keep up, and especially to be able to improve at each meet that you go to, is really cool to see. Yeah, it's the fastest region, the fastest conference in Division Two, and that's not debatable. And just, that's just straight up facts. No, it it really is. I mean, you can look at the national champions, and you can see it's pretty much been us since 2000 the proof the is in the in pudding the, region, so. the proof is in the pudding so yeah but i mean it's just it's just incredible it really makes me emotional honestly because i mean that's what i i really wanted to come here to ferris to do was to help build this thing up and now that it's on the way up it, it really brings tears to my eyes to be honest so respect uh, it's super cool so thank High you five Jim. i appreciate that um so no it's been great we have a great season just had a great workout today on tuesday um, it's a, it's one of our hardest of the year. We got through it and we did even better than we expected. So just so much good things. I can't even, I can't even spend more than uh 200. I could talk for an hour about how great it is, but anyway, we got more things to, more <laughs> things to do on this program as well as golf to round out the Ferris state sports report. Um, they did very well, um, in pretty much, I think their second to final, uh, tournament as according to the schedule, obviously it could change. Um, at the Motor City Invite, a lot of great results on the men's side. Uh, I believe ended up finishing third place overall in, in that tournament at Wayne State. 
um, as well as some top performers uh, across the board. So uh, Nathan Kranick, uh, I believe, was runner-up individually. Big, big dog um, with that as well. Uh, I think he was actually one shot behind um, Grand Valley's Charles DeLong for the title. Unfortunate, but great performance as well. Caleb Bond, standout performance from him, tied for fifth place, 147. Um, Adam Arif Mazdarin had a 149 that put him in 11th, um, as well as Zach Corner um, with a 156. And Dan Shattuck, we've had on the show previously with a 157 to round out the top five scoring individually. So end up getting a top place finish. Uh, very good for the program. I mean, especially going in um, to the rest of the season. And um, I mean, taking on some really good teams from the GLIAC. Grand Valley, Wayne State were there. And Saginaw Valley was there. Um, so get to see a lot of these teams that we're going to face in this competitive tournament season coming up later uh, in the spring. For sure, especially seeing that you know we're we're on the right we're on the right track, uh, especially with Cranick being only one shot behind. I think that really leaves you know a sour taste in the mouth to be able to kind of get back to it, especially when the Gleak playoffs kind of start up. That's going to be a big one, and you know to be able to see that we're going to be third place at the Motor City Invite. That's pretty pretty solid, especially seeing that there's a good amount of Gleak teams there too. Yes, and uh, one more thing. Totally apologize. I did not mean to overwrite them. It was on my list. Tennis crushed it this weekend. Just wanted to make sure that was mentioned uh, against Lawrence Tech uh, on the men and women's side. Uh, dominant performance, 7 nothing for the men, 6-1 to the women. Uh, absolutely fantastic games, fantastic matches overall. Um, so good to see that from Coach Doran's squad. Uh, got to see a lot of different tandems, which was very cool to see a lot of these guys um, starting to play with different partners and really uh, dialing in their games. So uh, really cool to see overall um, for that team as well. Um, the men will be on break for the rest of the winter, and I believe the women's will be taking on Bucknell at GV. Very weird, but that'll be their final uh, competition of the fall, according to Coach Doran, and you can read all about that in the Ferris State Torch because your boy wrote the recap about it. So if you want more, you can read that in the newspaper. Joe also writes in the newspaper, and I he does a great the, job. I wrote the football recap this week, so if you want to read that one, go ahead. There you go. If you or want to, I'm not going to force you. I don't really care. Yeah, we know but reading's kind I of I get a, paid either way, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really a toss-up. I mean, I don't really mind. But, Brandon, you got the uh, the big one this week for writing. I do have the big one this you week. the big one. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes because I got some headliners ready. Oh, boy, they're wrote down on my desk Sick, for man. potential outcomes. I'm you already, got I'm the t- you already got the titles rocked out. Oh, if 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 it ends like I think it's going to, I I got a banger ready for you. Respect. Maybe I'll release. Maybe it'll I'll leak it Thursday. Well, you probably shouldn't we'll leak. See. Don't leak it because then if you say it, it's not going to happen. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. So I have it all. I I usually take a a couple minutes every. Uh, beginning of every week prepping for the next article. Uh, and then inevitably, uh, I put it off too long, and then I have to scramble to get it done because that's just the nature just of how, me being busy. I, that's so. just how I do it, too. You know, I make a little I make a little outline, and then, you know, I don't don't really do anything with it until it's, like, needed to get done. And yeah, I is, procrastinate way too much, but I guess not. Procrastination anymore. is not domination. That's what I can definitely tell you. Well, I mean, I dominate the last second. I guess. You do. I guess, like, if you if you want to say, all like, do. if you're procrastinating, then like you dominate at the at crunch time. You could say, yeah, you that's like I mean? being productive at like 10 p.m. It's a good thing, but it's not the best thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not like. Well, you could say you're good with deadlines, then though. No, yeah, I am. I'm honestly like not great at deadlines. I'm fantastic at deadlines, but I put it off for way too long, and I get it done at the yeah, last second. I don't tur- like. I don't have anything. I turn in late. There's just times where it's like. For example, 9 a.m. after I got back from the radio station this morning doing some ads. So if you listen out there uh, on all the Big Rapids uh, radio network channels, you might be able to hear my voice just as a little side note PSA. Uh, But had like an hour. uh, I went and proceeded to eat cereal and watch uh, some TV instead of working on a assignment I could have did for Amic today. Here's here's the thing, man. But I know I'll be able to do it after I get back from The Rock tonight. Here's the thing. It's like... Why? Okay, you just got done working. Put the dogs up on the couch and chill out and watch TV for a little bit. You deserve it, you know? That's true, yeah. That, that's the thing. When people say, like, oh, I work, work, work all the time, it's like, that's a miserable life. Uh, I want to enjoy myself a little bit. That doesn't sound fun. I've, I'm going to be, I have a whole bunch, I had like an hour and a half of class and I had other work to do. I got home, could have done my homework. True. What I do? Watch the Jeffrey Dahmer documentary. Yeah. Because I wanted to. 
Yes. There's one thing for being productive. It's all about balance, people. But there's another thing to be balanced. I think that's absolutely right, It's all right, about Joe. balance. So don't work your whole life Skip that in class. the ground. Don't turn in that assignment. Okay. What a- <laughs> that might be too far. <laughs> but yeah, Drop I'm- out. What about it? No, oh, no, okay. <laughs> no, because then we'll lose people for this podcast, Oh, Joe. yeah. I probably shouldn't do that. Yeah. Stay in school, that. kids. It's actually good for we you. Don't, but, I'm not going to get mad at you. Yeah. Make sure you're in Maybe school for the right reasons, though. Who knows? Be sure in the school for exactly. right reasons. I think we should probably end the first day sports. We probably <laughs> should. Anyway, dude, perfect on deck. You're going to want to hear what? this. Stay tuned. Are you a Ferris State student interested in getting into audio production, music, podcasting, or even DJing? Goldog Radio could be the place for you with plenty of opportunities and hands-on experience within not only these realms, but the marketing and social media opportunities outside. Join us to have your voice heard. No other place than Bulldog Radio. And we're back from the break. Hopping into our kind of undercover sports thing. It's not really a sport, but I guess you call trick shining a sport. We talked about it last week a little bit on our tangent that we got off on billiards. But, dude, Dude Perfect is building a crazy facility, basically the trick shot mecca. It's going to be their own Disneyland. We talk, I know we talked about it last week, but, dude, it's going to be crazy. A 330-foot trick shot tower, crazy mini golf uh, courses, trick shot town, Dude Perfect Museum. Two acres of outdoor space, merch store, restaurants, and more. That's insane. That's like the it's like the Bass Pro Shops pyramid. Yeah, it's just a an absolutely huge development, and it's just a it's one of those moments where you just sit back and you're like, wow, mm-hmm. this is incredible. Literally, f- literally five dudes in college with a basketball, bought their own basketball hoop in their backyard, mm-hmm. and just decided, you know what, I can make a cooler shot than you. Yeah, and then we'll make a friendly bet. And then they turn it into a video. And now 58 YouTube subscribers. And millions and millions of dollars later. Yep. And that's insane to me. And it's the, just insane. The cool part about those, they kind of like, I don't think before like they started like kind of going up and blowing up and stuff like that, nobody really like featured trick shots on anything, you know? Like ESPN Top 10 was always like plays from pro sports. But then mm-hmm. when they started blowing up and all that, like – a lot more YouTube channels started to get big because they would do trick shots. And, like, I mean, you got on ESPN, or what was it, Hunter, or you got on ESPN? Hunter got it on ESPN. Hunter got on ESPN through yes. Worth More Studio. Correct, yes. Because he made COVID a crazy days. cornhole trick shot or whatever. But it's weird how, like, they revolutionized kind of, I guess, the entertainment industry because, especially with YouTube, like, they were, they started doing a lot of collabs with, like, athletes and, like, celebrities and then that's kind of how everybody else followed too yeah i think one of the biggest things and that's kind of why we wanted to tie uh this discussion in after obviously uh, our last episode last tuesday talking about this um bringing it in uh more than just focusing on a particular sport was because a this is awesome Mm -hmm. b insane this group of guys have really identified these big characters and have really helped fans enjoy a sport through this character learning about them and being able to kind of understand like yeah like these athletes are just like interested in fun stuff as like we are obviously they have a job as a sport but they're still going out and they want to have fun and then do a lot of these like video type things too and i think the third thing too is they're helping people enjoy sports any sport regardless if you still play it you know what i mean like just me if you're still if you're in your 40s or your 50s or your 30s and have you know your bad knees and broken elbow that you just can't you just can't wake up in the morning without doing a couple of arm rotations cuz it hurts or whatever you still can't play anymore competitively you can still have a fun time with the sport being able um to do unique stuff like this and i think it's just super cool of being able to bring kids into the idea of everything that comes with a sport, whether it's playing competitively um, or just casually or hanging out with your friends or whatever, and that you can create anything from it too. Like just mm-hmm. the fact that they started this thing uh, is super cool. But yeah, this new headquarters, um, I mean, it's just phenomenal. It's going to bring a 30, a th- quoted 330 foot tall tower um, that you can actually throw basketballs off of. Um, to try to make your own trick shot, which I think is super cool. They're going to make so much money off just that. Yeah. You, you already know they're going to be like, oh, $50 for a shot, like to shoot a ball. They can't make it that expensive, it's like, right? I feel like they probably could. I mean, stuff's pretty crazy. I mean, look Maybe. at Disneyland. It's 
$17 for a glass of water, basically. That's true, but, I mean, I think that they are... I mean, I think what I really like about... like They're pretty genuine, though. I don't think yes. they... I don't think they'd, like... Try to price gouge or anything. Exactly, like, that. like it would just depend on who their partner is for this, because you know that that's you know true. they're not going to be spending a hundred million dollars of their own money for this. No, no, I mean they've brought in uh, the the overland contracting and architecture uh, company to make this whole design. I'm sure you've probably seen it on the internet. It's got the iconic huge tower um, with the whole big it old tarp of, shade. Uh, it reminds um, me of the um, uh, Ferrari. Uh, headquarters, yeah, I, I mean. it doesn't have that exact bit. shape, but it kind of has like the little wings that go out back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do agree with that. But yeah, I think this is super cool. I think it's going to help uh, a lot of kids just enjoy the sports and entertainment worlds colliding together. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's such a, it's such a, it's they built this industry really. I mean, we haven't seen anything like, like they didn't have any rivals. You know, they started no, up. Yeah, like, they, they don't started. Have anybody it. on YouTube that like is competing yeah with them at think all. back to like 2009 or 2008 watching trick shot videos on tiktok that didn't exist yeah, they no. made this like it's theirs i mean just the fact of like they were just the the people that really brought this about and it wasn't really necessarily even trick shots either i mean they introduced all the other things uh, yeah, like I mean, the battles for example you battles you got all that stuff yeah like all this stuff and it's and it's just really unique the the world of entertainment uh, and sports collide, and you see that so much nowadays because now we have the topic of influencers. Um, it's in the social media marketing world that has really taken over of bringing in individuals to represent your brand or your company or your team. Um, so, like you have all that now coming into play, and I mean, it's just the the whole way of sports entertainment as a whole um, is changing, and that goes with any sport, whether it's and the the National Football League. Or if it's the little old sport of disc golf, like you're seeing all these different changes, and, and I mean you can look at any other, any other sport probably on our list that we haven't yet covered, Joe, and Dude Perfect's probably work with them, right? I mean we haven't covered, I mean we covered NASCAR, I mean they had a whole video with a bunch of NASCAR, uh, NASCAR racers I remember watching as a kid. Uh, I yeah, mean, they had that whole thing of like they were at like Bristol or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and they did that whole thing. Uh, disc golf, they worked well. Technically, it wasn't at the time disc golf for Brody Smith, but he still he now is you in want that a whole industry. list of every single celebrity and player that they've. Oh my gosh, done. there's pro- yeah, you probably some note. There's some pretty notable speed ones. round. You want to do speed round here? Sure, speed round. Alvaro Morado plays for Chelsea FC. Odell Beckham Jr., Jason Belmonte, Jamie Ben, Drew Brees, Logan Broadbent, Luke Bryan, Pete Carroll, Luke Kennard, R.J. S- Kyler, Siler. I don't remember. Blue Ranger in the Power Rangers movie is who he is. Dale Earnhardt Jr., Ezekiel Elliott, Mike Evans, Zach Efron, Becky G., Jeff Goldblum, Rod Gronkowski, Johnny Hacker, Liam Hemsworth, Florian Kohler, the billiards guy who we talked about last week. Yep. Ludy Lynn, Scott Lang, or Ant-Man. So I get, would it be just Paul Rudd? Paul Rudd, yeah. Yeah, Paul Rudd. So not Scott Lang. Uh, Marcos Alonso, Tyron Matthew, Tim McGraw, Jake McQuaid, Thacker Montgomery, Mike Mostakis, Chris Paul, Sean Payton, Dak Prescott, Paul Rabel, Craig Robinson, Aaron Rodgers, Paul Rudd. Hey, Scott Lane, same thing. I guess they kind of doubled up with that they one. Adam Scott, up. Naomi Scott, Tyler Sagan, Brody Smith, Ryan Tannehill, Serena Williams, Russell Wilson, and that's it. I counted at least seven sports on that list. Yeah. Different sports. And you I also heard... have, I mean, you got Power Rangers people. You got. Yeah. Uh, entertainers. Entertainers. Musicians. Tom, yeah. yeah, Tim McGraw and all those Actors. guys. It's crazy. Actresses. Yeah. It's just the whole way now that we bring sports together they um, forgot Zach Efron. They've had Zach Efron on the. On I this thought stuff. I heard you say Zach Efron. Did I? Yeah. Oh, he was, was in the E's. Never mind. I thought he was gonna be in the Z's. My bad. Yeah. Yes. He was in the the one of their the all sports golf battle yeah. things. Not that to mention they have cool. Bryson DeChambeau. I think there's yeah. an outdated list because they have at like, the they've Masters. Had like Bryson. They've had all those guys. Yeah, at the Masters at Amen Corner, mm-hmm. where they didn't bring golf clubs and they played That's golf. Crazy. Just these unique ideas, but sports and entertainment have definitely come together, and I think that this group is probably one of the biggest parts of it because they brought this industry kind of into light with its popularity. And now you see uh, a bunch of other really, really cool groups that have kind of followed that shape, obviously with their own twist. Nobody wants to play copycat. Um, but I think it just makes it. I think it just makes it fun. Like I think people really enjoy not only watching the watching those videos, but even like trying to make stuff like that themselves. Like I can tell you as a kid going out in the backyard and be like, yeah, I want to try to throw a football. 80 yards into a basketball hoop because that's mm-hmm. cool and I'm going to show my friends and post it on the internet and see what happens. It's just the whole idea of being able to create something that's unique that not everybody can do and being able to br- like 
like build yourself to the point where you can kind of show that off as an entertainer, it makes you feel like you're one of those dudes. You makes it feel like you're somebody uh, a lot bigger than yourself. And I think that's kind of what the the unique part that it brings about. And I think it's just really cool. And I think the this group especially has done it in a really really cool way because we've seen. I mean, there's a there's so many people on the internet now that make really good content. And I mean, you could name off a, a million different people that a million different people watch. I mean, there's just, it, it's literally endless. It, the exploration there's, is endless. Yeah, there's crazy amount of content creators. Yeah, but these guys have made it an absolute, like, number one rule A, a full mission and vision of we're making this for everybody and we're making it the right way. We're not using explicit stuff. Mm-hmm. We're making sure everything's kid-friendly. We're making sure that we're reaching everybody that we can, not just a specific uh-huh. group of people. And that's what I really appreciate. And their live tours, too, are pretty insane. Yeah, the live tours that they've done is pretty incredible. And I think that that whole aspect was something that we've really seen, Like, especially, I mean, obviously concerts have been the the major, mm-hmm. um, the, the major pinpoint of that industry. Um, but now you're seeing like, uh, I mean, now stand-up is one of those, well, big tour-time industries now is having stand-up comedians. And now you have this whole new aspect of, like, performing live entertainment in a different way. You know, it's not just somebody going up and singing or talking. It's, like, people doing stuff and uh, doing these crazy stuff in front of people, uh, these demonstrations, right? It's like the circus, but who wants to go to the circus nowadays, you know? It's yeah, too exactly. modern of times to go to the circus in that example, but... They're just opening doors, man, and they're opening doors for a lot of these sports um, that are undercovered. And I mean, we'll co- we'll obviously over the next couple of Tuesdays cover some more of those. Um, but I think it's just super cool that these guys are uh, now taking the next step in, in impacting all of all the people that they they have viewing them for how many years, uh, and just mm-hmm. just making the opportunities for uh, kids to be kids. And yeah, did you subscribe to them when you were a kid? I did, one hundred percent. When did you subscribe to them? Oh jeez, I can't. I couldn't tell you the 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 year. He was probably when I was, uh, probably in middle school. Probably. Yeah. I can't remember when I subscribed to them, but I know I was like, I when I subscribed, I know I was like five hundred thousand or less was when I subscribed. Is it really? Which I mean, it's still like not, but they have what fifty million subscribers now. Something yeah, like that, which I know. Crazy. I didn't. I was there before Mill. I know that for sure. But before I mean, what? Oh, before a mill. Before yeah. a mill, yeah. Because I remember seeing like, oh my gosh, it's mom, crazy. Because I have a remember, million subscribers. I remember seeing them like in there when they did their first office, which was like the small one, and I was like, this place is sick. Yeah. Like I could, I wish I could have that place. Yeah. And, and then now, now they're they be in a hundred million dollar facility. Yeah. They went from literally a glorified dentist office, basically, to dude. a full factory warehouse. To now a miniature version of Disney World. Yeah, that's insane. How cool is that? That's cr- it's crazy. Yeah, but this is cool. I would love to know where they're going to put this thing. Obviously, yeah. I'm sure they want to put it in Texas because that's where they've been headquartered. Yeah. That's where they all met at Texas. The tax A&M. breaks they get in Texas are just unmatched. Really. Yeah, it's, uh, I know they said like I remember reading the the the, the SBJ the the Sports Business Journal uh, article about it, and they were talking about that they. Uh, we're exploring all the options yeah. and obviously um, being able to have the the right land, the right property, um, the right architectural factors in place to put this thing um, in is definitely not going to make it easy. Um, but I know they said something like they were looking at Los Angeles or looking at Atlanta. They're looking at all these places. Um, so, I mean, that would be really interesting if they got up and moved to a different place. But uh, I mean, I think that I think everybody probably would love it if they could find a way to put it in San Antonio or Houston or Dallas or something where they can be really close to home to where they started it. And I'm sure probably where they'd want to end that this whole journey for them. Cause I think that'd be really cool to put it. I don't know exactly why, if you're in the situation of like, um, like a, a big time Texas town that you wouldn't want this to come in. Obviously I know like, I mean, especially for Dallas, there's not a lot of room there as it is because they just boomed up uh, since yeah. the oil boom back in the in, back in the late I guess, 20th century. Um, but you still have like I mean, it's it's pretty much just endless. The fact of like you're gonna bring how many people tourists coming to your town? Yeah. So I bet they probably for do this it group because they're gonna have hundreds and hundreds and it's hundreds be, and hundreds of thousands of people that are gonna go through there within a year span. Well, I mean, if you got 50 million subscribers. 
old and young and old, I feel like I can go. Because I would want to go to that if they opened this up. Oh, I would check that out. Like, for if sure. I was down in the area, for sure. Why not? Yeah. And especially if you got young kids with, like, parents. Like, because those type of kids, like, they see that. They're going to be like, instead of going like, Disney World or something like I wanna that. I want to go there. Like, Let's just go there. And then and parents are going to like that, too, because it's probably going to be cheaper than oh, Disney Way World. cheaper, yeah. It's and not going to be a $126 ticket. Yeah, better genuine entertainment, too, because they can be kids. They can run around. Yeah, they can, they around can do, do stuff. stuff. They don't have so. to just sit on a, a car that's going 60 yeah. miles per hour on a rickety track, Yeah, which is still fun, and too. spend $90 for a sandwich. That's true. Disney, get your prices together. Get your act together. Goodness Jeez. gracious. You're ripping off the whole American economy with your crazy ticket prices. Also made Orlando Cedar. traffic unbearable. That's true. You got it worse because you actually live there. Oh, my gosh. I thought it was bad, months. and I've only spent spring breaks every there. Every day. Side note. Every day. So I did an internship in Florida. Obviously, everybody knows this. That's probably watched the show in the season. Every day at 5 o'clock when I'd leave, it would take me an hour and a half to get home. Yeah. An hour and a half to get home. Because the traffic, just from people leaving Disney World at that point, was just so bad. Yeah. That's the tough. The worst. I think, Ma- I think Maple Street's bad. And that's an extra two, three, four minutes. Yeah. Now talk a half an well, hour. Now that's they, what Joe Now got. that they switched up the old, uh, what's it called? Now that they switched up on uh, the Main Street or whatever, that switched from two, four lanes of traffic to now two and a bike lane. Bikers got the sidewalk. Yeah. Give us the two lanes of traffic. But if they implement bike lanes, they get more money from the higher ups. Because yes, that is bro part of the reasons. I literally, dude, this is a conversation for another day, probably (laughs) a podcast. But the city officials of Big Rapids, idiots, (laughs) idiots, idiots. You don't like the the skateboard coming in? Do I skate? No. I mean, I guess that's really not going to matter. I, mean, like, I don't really care about that. <laughs> you, could take the, the, you could take a bird out there. State streets. Well, I don't think I. I don't think it'll probably do that. Probably not. Like we could try. Like State street needs to go back to the way it was. Because if it's not, I'm going to start throwing hands with somebody. Okay. I'm going to go to city hall and beat somebody up. Okay. You heard it here first. I live down the street from city hall. I can be there in two seconds. If you hear a restraining order on a 21 year old male with probably a backwards ball cap and a, a, a pullover sweatshirt on a bird scooter, you'll know who it is. You'll know it's me. <laughs> it's Joan Hagee from the most valuable sports podcast. I'll be loud and proud about it too. Oh yeah. But Anyway, I think that's going to do it for us today, and we appreciate all those tuning in for this unique episode. We're going to have more banger content. We'll get to Anchor Bone, the whole full preview of Ferris Athletics coming up this weekend, as well as Undercovered Sports next week, and the NFL picks uh, and college picks as well coming up for Thursday. Rumor has it Joe absolutely destroyed me this week but that we'll save that for another day but make sure you subscribe all podcast platforms follow on the link tree man you can find everywhere that we put out content there it's all in our social media bio links and instagram and twitter but anyway anything to say joe take care everybody